You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical backward ass ideals that we have here in the United States. This is episode 140 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sunny Megatron. Scratch that. I'm breaking in here. This is future me after I've recorded and rendered this whole episode and I'm about to publish it and I realize I said the wrong episode number throughout the whole thing. This is episode 141 of American Sex Podcast. Forgive me. It's been that kind of week, that kind of month, that kind of year. I know you get it. All right, resume. My co-host is Ken Melvoin Berg, who you'll be hearing from in a few minutes in our guest conversation. And we're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and kinky perverts too. Also, we're married. So this week, we are talking about ADHD, neurodivergence, and how it affects sex and kink with Katie Osborne. Katie is a performer, educator, and general all-around sex enthusiast. She holds two master's degrees in Shakespeare and currently resides in Georgia, where she was the entertainment director of the Georgia Renaissance Festival before the pandemic ate her job. She currently works as a professional performer slash magician and as a kink and ADHD educator on TikTok. Okay, so that's where I first met Katie was TikTok. And if you're not following her there, you need to be. Katie has amassed a small army of people who have become this amazing adult ADHD, kinky, awesome community. There's also a Discord community too. So of course, the links to all of that stuff is going to be in the show notes for this episode 140 at americansexpodcast.com. But Hot damn, did I love this conversation. I mean, seriously, as someone who is neurodiverse, not ADHD, but NVLD, which is nonverbal learning disability, really misleading name because it doesn't mean I'm nonverbal. It means I can't interpret nonverbal language. So I'm hyperverbal, hence all of this talking happening right now. Anyway, so it's always bugged me that we don't talk about how the way we perceive the world, both physically and mentally, affects our sexuality. So in this conversation, Katie tells us first about her journey with ADHD and getting diagnosed later in life as an adult. We learn about how hormonal changes affect ADHD, and no one is talking about it. Like, I was taken aback, really. Also, we get into, you know, why all of the literature and the things that you read about ADHD and other types of neurodivergences, neurodivergencies, that's got to be a word, but how it's always about children or boys and men. And we don't hear a lot about just adults in general and how these things affect our relationships and our sex lives. And we especially don't hear how these things and, and the symptoms can differ in girls and women. And we definitely don't hear how these things affect women's sexuality. So Katie tells us about ADHD and libido from low sex drive to hypersexuality, you know, how and why orgasming can be difficult and why kink can be appealing to neurodiverse folks. 
We also talk about how to factor in neurodivergence in our kink negotiation and why that is so vitally important. We touch on her whirlwind TikTok takeover and her ADHD creator journey and all the good that she's brought to the world with her advocacy and vulnerability. Seriously, if you or any of your partners have any kind of neurodivergence, not just ADHD, this conversation is going to be so helpful for you. So shut this up, go get them, listen together. Thank you. All right. But before we get to that conversation, as always, you know what we got to do? We got to wash the balls. Yes, here Us American fuckers, we call our housekeeping ball washing because it's just damn more fun. So first up, uh, yeah, speaking of TikTok, did you hear I'm a TikTok creator now? I'm making sex and kink content on TikTok. And yes, I am going to toot my own horn, honk, honk, honk. It's pretty damn good. So come on over and join me. I've got the link to my profile in the show notes or just, you know, hit at tag Sunny Megatron. I'm that on everything. I'm so easy to find. Secondly, do not miss our free Wednesday night live streams on the Get Vocal platform. This Wednesday, the 30th of September, we're answering BDSM questions. So come on over with whatever you've been wondering about, like get your little notes, all the things you've been writing down, we will answer them. And this isn't a one-time deal. You can catch our live streams every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific time at bit.ly slash ASP for American Sex Podcast stream. You can also catch recordings of all of our past streams there too. There's over 40 hours of free sex ed and kink educational content. So go get it. Also, more free stuff. We've got a sex positive Discord community, and I hope you've joined. If not, come on over, bit.ly slash Discord ASP. Again, all those links will be in the show notes. On our Discord community, we talk about sex, kink, mental health, off-topic stuff, like all sorts of stuff. Really super friendly and active community, and we'd love for you to join us. Oh, oh, wait, wait, American fuckers. I I hear some kind of music. Look at your watch. Do you know what time it is? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Our Patreon family just keeps growing and growing. I want to give a big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Emma, Kitty, and Harper for becoming American Sex Podcast Patreon members this past week. And you too can become an American Sex Podcast Patreon member at patreon.com slash American Sex. And you get stuff too. You get bonus stories from our guests. There's one up from Katie. That's freaking amazing. You got to go listen to it. Extra full length episodes, all of our regular episodes early. I send you American Sex Podcast stickers in the mail with a cute little note, by the way. You get a shout out on the podcast. There are other random surprises, Patreon only video hangouts, and a lot more. And Ken and I give almost all of our content away for free, which is a lot more than just this podcast. And we do this for a very calculated, specific reason. We believe these conversations are critically important. They are relationship improving, they are life-changing, and everybody should have access to them. So by supporting us, you allow our content to remain free for everyone. And of course, during this bleak economic COVID shit show, you're also helping put dinner directly on our table. So again, that address is patreon.com slash American sex. 
Okay, another thing, and this is going to be good for you. I got something coming up in October. If you've been with me for a while, you know I have been a teacher and team leader at Amy Jo Goddard's Firewoman Retreats, and there is an online retreat coming up at the end of October, and yes, I am involved, I'm teaching again, and I am so excited. Now, Firewoman is open to all women identified and non-binary people, and I'm telling you, it is pure magic. I have never attended an event like this before. It's designed to break through the things that hold us back from being who we are as sexual people, but it's about so much more than just sex. Because as you know from listening to this podcast, sex has to do with all of our emotions and every single part of our humanness. I've often said of my past experiences with Firewoman that it is more valuable than a year of therapy and it's all just crammed into one weekend. The free opening ceremony, which is open to women identified and non-binary folks, is Thursday, October 22nd, and the retreat spans from the 23rd to the 25th of October. I'll have the link to those things in the show notes for episode 140 at americansexpodcast.com. Please, if you can join us, do so. Oh, it's so good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. One last thing. One last thing. Ken's new side gig. If you haven't been joining us on Twitch, you need to. Um, Ken is, has been teaching people how to play games like Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, which is a cousin of Dungeons and Dragons, Call of Cthulhu, and similar tabletop role-playing games, but online. So you can watch him stream these games on Twitch free a few nights a week. I play with, uh, Dirty Lola, Kevin Patterson, and a longtime friend and fan of the show, Nisha, on Tuesday nights. You can come and watch us and cheer us on and you can even do stuff to affect the game if you if you're watching in the audience it's at twitch.tv slash thunderpants rpg and ken's also available for professional game master services too i'll have his twitter handle and all the information in the show notes and you can contact him there okay american fuckers these balls are thoroughly clean. Can you hear him squeaking? Here is Katie Osborne dropping the most helpful, informative, validating, and reaffirming ADHD, sex, and kink information. I mean, seriously, soak this up like a sponge. Go grab your people. Enjoy. Okay, as I say every freaking goddamn episode, it's you can drown in Sunny's panties right now. (laughs) She is so excited. excited. I am fangirling um, because we've got Katie here with us. Katie Osborne. Hi. Hi. Oh my god. Please please don't drown. I would be so sad. I know. <laughs> I will not. I and no not. relation to Ozzy, correct? No relation to Ozzy, but I did used to lie about it a lot in fourth grade. I spent a lot of fourth grade telling people he was my uncle, but that was a lie. <gasps> was, that, was that your goth phase? It was my it was my cool kid goth phase. So it's nice. fine. But we spell nice. it different, so it's okay. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, okay, so you are just like, I don't know, an ADHD fountain of everything. <laughs> Um, and I love that you talk about having ADHD and the effect that it has on not only sexuality, but kink, two yeah. of my favorite things. Yes, so, me too. <laughs> um, that's where I, okay, I want to start with 
ease us into ADHD, because I just make the assumption that everybody listening, and we call our listeners American fuckers, I make the assumption that all the American fuckers know what the hell ADHD is and how it presents in adults, but I am probably wrong and I shouldn't assume. So let's start there. How does having ADHD as an adult just affect your life in general? Give me like the elevator pitch for adult ADHD. <laughs> okay. Um, well, so the, so the first thing is that um, ADHD looks different on everybody. And that's something that I didn't know, right? Um, because I grew up in the 90s when AD, what it was called ADD, first off. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, ADD was a thing that seven-year-old boys had. Um, and, you know, they would run around the classroom and they would act up and, oh, they were so hyperactive and like blah, 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 right? Um, but ADHD is so much much more than that. There are there are three different kinds of ADHD right now. That's the clinical sort of diagnoses. Um, there's ADHD uh, primarily hyperactive. There's ADHD primarily inattentive. And there's ADHD combined, which is the kind that I have, which means that I have a little bit off of each pile, right? Um, and so and so the thing is with, with adult ADHD, and the, one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it is because most of the, the resources, most of the information out there, it always starts with how to manage ADHD with your child or how to yes. deal with your child and their ADHD or whatever. But, but, and, and it's just so weird because in all of the writing and, and all of the, the, you know, the kind of information that's out there, a lot of it just seems to, to imply that, you know, on the day that you become an adult, your ADHD just disappears and it goes away. Um, and for many people that, that is the case. You can, you know, grow out of ADHD or the symptoms can, can lessen, I guess is a better way to say that. Um, but for a a lot of adults, it doesn't go away. And so all of a sudden, um, you, you, you get out of school, you know, and, and for many people with ADHD, they, they are able to finish college and you can be academically successful with ADHD and stuff. Um, but, it, but ADHD brains often, uh, I'm saying this so badly because I'm excited. Um, no. <laughs> I have ADHD. Well, take it back. Um, but uh, but people with ADHD, you know, they they function well in in structure, many of them. And so then they get to adulthood and they're out of high school, they're out of college. And all of a sudden, like being an adult is sort of like floating around in a little amoeba and you can just kind of do whatever you want. You can spend your money wherever you want. You can do whatever you want pretty much all the time. And there's nobody to, you know, roll up to your house and say, excuse me, sir, uh, why have you bought 9,000, you know, pop mini figurines you know like that's just a thing that you can do when you're an adult are you um, judging me wait are you judging I, me I right was, now i was subtly no i wasn't but uh <laughs> you know about <laughs> my you secret aquaman pops? stash of is like this, funko pops it's yeah we love a funko pop um but yeah you know and it's, so it's that kind of thing and so there there's like just not resources and stuff and so i wanted to talk about my experience because my experience has not been the most typical adhd journey uh and and i so i thought that was really interesting i feel like that was a very long-winded answer i'm sorry no i love long-winded <laughs> answers as they fell out like i i have uh, nvld which is nonverbal learning disorder which shares a few uh it characteristics yeah. with adhd yeah and so i really appreciate the fact that you're tackling adult stuff because there's really n- nothing on the internet about nonverbal learning disability for adults and everything's about your child like you're saying your child your child and I have noticed and I'm assuming the same is true with ADHD that through a lifetime of coping whether that's professionally and you've been diagnosed and you have like occupational therapy or you know special whatever um, or just figuring it out the hard way yep your symptoms manifest in different ways because now you're an adult and you'd spent that time coping and your life is different and your your yeah. prefrontal cortex is different yep. and like so many things are different and no 
everybody talks about that. And I've also noticed, at least with, with mine, that some of the things that end up, you know, as kids being a hindrance, like things that we have difficulty with, once we figure out how to, to cope or to, you know, go around the long way and figure out how to live with whatever that symptom is, sometimes it has a bounce back effect where sometimes that turns into a superpower for us and we get really good at whatever that thing is. Does that happen with ADHD stuff at all? Um, yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I mean, the, the big thing is that, um, you know, people, people use, uh, ADHD as a superpower, uh, you know, kind of as like a little, like, you know, let's put some positivity, like a little positive spit on it. Um, and I think that it's, it's kind of an interesting way of looking at it. Cause I'm actually a huge comic book nerd. Um, and so one of the, one of the metaphors that I always use is that, yeah, absolutely. You know, you're like, uh, people with ADHD tend to be very creative. Um, and a lot of that is kind of what you just said, that we develop our own systems, we develop our own strategies. And so, you know, if you go to, you know, I don't know, your, your, your big, you know, fortune 500 company, um, you might have a lot of like inside the box thinkers and you throw somebody with ADHD in the room and they go, well, what if we did it completely differently? What if the box didn't exist? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and so that can be really cool because your, your ADHD brain is always processing more information and synthesizing more information and, and putting that information together in, in different patterns in different ways, uh, which is really, really cool. Right. Um, there's also like hyper-focus uh, which is definitely, if you can, you know, harness the power of your hyper-focus, there's nothing like reading an entire book in a day, um, you know, or building an entire, you know, I don't know, bell ball gown because you want to cosplay a dragon con. Not that I know anything about that, and, you know, under six hours. That's fine. It's fine. We're all fine. We're all okay. Um, but uh, the other thing about it is, is that superpowers tend to go the other way too, right? Uh, like one of my favorite uh, superheroes is Rogue from X-Men. Um, and I think that Rogue is a really good example because uh, it, having a superpower like that can also be very isolating. And it can also be something where you feel like an outsider and you feel like you have a hard time connecting with people. And I always use Rogue because she literally can't connect with anybody, right? Let me, um, let me explain this to Sunny because although comic <laughs> books is my love language, Sunny looks like... Like she is um, <laughs> a like, What's confused happening? right now. Uh, the X-Men rogue is somebody who absorbs powers from other people when she touches their skin. So in like, like not in the comic books, but in the movie, the first time she has like a makeout session with somebody, she almost kills them. I remember that. Do you remember I that? Think. I think. Uh, I think. And, I, and I have two, <laughs> like I have three really important questions for you really quick. That's completely off subject. Number yes. one, is X-Men your favorite comic or what is your favorite comic? No, my favorite comic is actually the old vintage Phantom comic books. Uh, if you oh, might you remember rock. the cinematic yeah. movie classic with Billy Zane, um, <laughs> I collect old Phantoms, um, but I also really like Zatanna Zatara because I'm, I'm actually a magician. That's something that I do. That um, is so, awesome. I'm yeah, a huge okay. DC person and <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm an okay. I'm a Aquaman fan, but like <laughs> Peter David Aquaman, like the one-armed angry like yeah you know, worst Zay timeline aquaman <laughs> totally my next question you have a master's degree in shakespeare is that correct i well, i have two master's degrees in shakespeare <laughs> okay wait a minute so first sorry, of all what is, really your, what, is your, what is your favorite shakespeare play <laughs> and, why, and why is it the lamentable tragedy of titus andronicus yes uh my favorite oh, oh. yeah my favorite my favorite shakespeare play is genuinely titus andronicus is it for real i yes. was just i was just making no, no, shit no, up a, a that's brief, awesome a brief 
Google search will let you know that this is true. Um, I actually have three Titus Andronicus tattoos. Like I'm not, I'm not messing around with my love of Titus Andronicus. No, but it actually really is my favorite Shakespeare play. I love it. Um, and would you like me to explain why? Is it? Yes. Yeah. Be, okay. And actually, I just helped my I- daughter with her senior product project on Titus Andronicus last year. So like, oh I gosh. actually remembered this one. So yay. Um, so my, so the reason why is that, um, I think that Titus and I mean, it was one of Shakespeare's early plays. It was written in 1594. <laughs> See, I went on a sex podcast and I tricked you into listening to Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> hey, but, I'm not going to kink shame anyone. Someone out there's getting off on this. So, um, you know, just saying. But, uh, but so basically like, I, I think it's like this perfect moment in Shakespeare's life. And it's this perfect moment where he's learning how to be a playwright. He's he's learning how to to do the things that he's going to do. He's gonna he's he hasn't given us Hamlet yet. He hasn't given us King Lear yet, you know. He hasn't given us any of the greats. And so you read Titus Andronicus and it's a it's a fucking mess. It's a shit show, right? But like there are these moments where you know it's it's just it's just beauty you know it is just beauty and poetry and and it's just like but it's in the middle of just like this this um you know this slog but then you get these you know the moments of like my grief was at the height before thou camest and now like nihilus disdain its bonds give me a sword i'll chop off my hands too like that's so poetic but it's also like my dude, you, you literally just were like, okay, now we're going to just chop off hands, I guess, in the middle of this beautiful poetry speech. Like, Shakespeare, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and I love it because I feel like I'm getting to know Shakespeare a little bit, like as a person, every time I read it. Um, and that is my rant about Titus Andronicus. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Okay. All right. And, and I just pulled that shit out of my ass completely. My last question <laughs> is, do you watch Sir Patrick Stewart doing his daily sonnets? Because that's a stupid uh, question. I, of course you do. Yes, I do. Um, it was it was really funny because like the the first day that he started doing them, I I was unaware because I don't I don't I'm not up on the social meds. And all of a sudden, I looked at my phone. I had like 57 text messages in all capital letters from all different people. Be like, Katie, do you know what's happening? And I was like, No, what's happening? And they're like, Oh, and I was like, Oh, sweet. So yes, the answer is yes. But it was very funny. Nice. Nice. And, and thank you for answering my inane questions. Yeah, that is that, those are not inane. I got to talk about something I'm really passionate yeah. about. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I kind of like like we deviated completely off subject. That's because that's kind of on brand for this episode, right? Right. I also, mean, speaking of ADHD, let's talk about my <laughs> hyper fixations and hyper focuses. It's great. <laughs> so I like to give so, a mini lecture about Titus in the middle of sex. Okay, it's great. 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 <laughs> so you had mentioned your you had a unique personal journey with ADHD. So what is your ADHD journey? I can't talk. ADHD journey. Um, So basically, I'm what I like to call a recovering gifted and talented kid. Um, And so my, you know, my whole life, I was incredibly academic, uh, academically successful. I was uh, on paper. I'm just I'm I'm look amazing, right? Like straight A's. And I was, you know, AP everything and, and, you know, perfect score on the ACT, like all of that stuff. Um, But internally, I was really struggling. Um, And the thing is, is that there with with everybody with ADHD, we have what I like to say are our like external failures and our internal failures, you know? Um, and so for me, like all of my failures were internal. You know, I was, I was in every club. I was in every organization. I was like deeply invested in the theater program. Like I was always overextending myself. I was always giving too much, but in our sort of culture, like our, our, um, 
oh, what's the word that I want? Our um, our culture of you know, like just be busy, be busy, be right, busy, like be productivity. Productive. Yeah, all productivity. The time. That's that's yeah. the word. Um, you know, in our productivity culture, that was seen as success. You know, but but on the inside, and 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 especially you know, as a kid, you don't really have the tools and the ability to articulate like I am depressed, I am burning out, I am I am deeply struggling, and so I would just keep my head on. I would force myself to be successful. I would force myself to get good grades. You know, and it was just it was this constant energy suck of just having to be successful. The expectation was there. I was the straight A student. I was Katie. I was perfect. I was, you know, I was, I was, I won all the awards. I was the president of every organization, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then I got to college and I started to struggle a little bit more because all of a sudden you have a little bit less structure and it's, you don't have to go to class. There's nobody to call you up and say, why didn't you come to class today? You know? Um, and so that was when I, I started drinking and I developed an eating disorder. Um, and, and that became a thing that I didn't know until much later that addiction and eating disorders and, and all of that stuff are deeply, deeply related to ADHD. And people ah. with ADHD have a much harder time with addiction and eating disorders and substance abuse and that kind of thing. Um, and so I was coping that way. I was coping with controlling my food. I was controlled, you know, uh, con- uh, by <laughs> getting drunk all the time and partying in college. And I was like, woo, I'm free, you know? Um, and then somewhere around age 21, 22, I realized like how unhealthy that was and how unsustainable that was. Um, and so I really made a move to start getting healthy and, and, you know, I definitely didn't stop drinking, but I started, you know, taking it a little bit more easy. I don't need to go to college parties anymore. I'm 21. It's fine. Calm down. Um, and, and then by then I had sort of started piecing together, you know, just through research and like write a paper here, read an article there that ADHD in women looks very different than ADHD in men. Um, and that's something that is also like, w- it was not being talked about in the nineties when I was a kid, you know? And so I started sort of looking it up and reading about the symptoms and reading about, you know, the, how, how things work in your brain. And I was like, this is me. This is absolutely me, you know? Um, but I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm done with college. You know, I've graduated. I've got, I've got a job. I've, I've pretty much got my shit together. Uh, I don't, I don't need help. I don't need to get help. You know, it's fine. Um, and then basically what wound up happening with me is that I lost an ovary. I had an ovarian torsion, um, which oh, is... A- oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, I- these medical people. Like, we know what that is. We know how yeah. that feels. Ow. Yeah. Ow. So I, I had an ovarian torsion. I almost died. Um, and then when I lost my ovary, my, my hormones changed and my hormones shifted. And because of that, my ADHD got a lot worse. Um, and so all of a sudden, and that's, that's another thing that they don't tell you about ADHD is like your ADHD can get worse when you're closer to your period because of your hormones. Like that's really, I did not know that. That's that's, important information. They don't tell you that in the brochure, but it's like, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing with ADHD is, is, is women with ADHD in their period, your ADHD actually goes through a cycle of being better and worse depending on where you are in your menstrual cycle fun fact um and so yeah so so all of a sudden i was like why am i struggling why am i struggling like this is terrible um and basically the sort of you know rock bottom was that i was hired to be in a in a shakespeare company and we were doing three shows and reps and you know I'm, i'm very fancy and so i had leads in all of the shows and i i couldn't remember my lines i i could not and like i've spent 
year, like I've spent, you know, the past 15 years of my life working in Shakespeare and, and doing Shakespeare and Shakespeare is my passion. And all of a sudden, like I'm sitting here, I'm like, I can't remember the words. I can't buckle down and do the work. Like my personal and my professional reputation is on the line. This is a thing that I care about and I love and I'm, I'm losing it and I'm feeling it slipping away. And it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying, but nobody tells you that memory problems are part of ADHD. Um, and so I, I basically, I, I just was like, I have to get help. I have to do something. And so the day before my 30th birthday, I went in for an evaluation with uh, at, at a psychologist's office. And the, the beautiful thing that happened, the universe kind of smiled on me that day um, because the, the doctor that I have also has ADHD. And she was also diagnosed very late. And she was also like a gifted and talented kid. And she also has depression and anxiety. And so it turned into this thing where like my, like I just walked in and I was like, help. And my doctor was like, I see you, you are valid. I understand deeply and intrinsically like what is going on with you because it's something that has gone on with me. Um, and so I was really lucky in the fact that I wasn't questioned. I was believed right away. And that's a thing that not a lot of ADHD people get. Um, and so, yeah, so the, so on my 30th birthday, I got the phone call that's like, you either passed this test or failed this test, depending on your outlook on things. And, uh, you know, and so then I, I started getting help. I started I, uh, taking medication and my life has been significantly different after, after that. So that is, wow. that's my journey. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right. So now I want to get into the six. Okay. Yeah. Let's so, let's talk about um, and this is something that you don't hear a lot about. I know there's like, Recently, a book came out. It was ADHD After Dark. You know, I haven't read it. Yeah. Um, but not a lot of people talk about ADHD in sex, neurodiversity in sex. Mm-hmm. Like, we just assume everyone is, quote, uh, average, you know, yeah. or normative or neurotypical. So what types of things, you know, you said looking back at your life, realizing that you had ADHD, you could look back and see the things that you were struggling with, and they made sense. So in a, in a in a sexual sense, what were some of the things that you realized you were struggling with when it came to ADHD? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, so for me, and and again, I always like to caveat this because like my experience is is going to be different than everybody else's. Um, but one of the things that I didn't know is that people with ADHD often experience either very low sex drive or uh, hypersexuality. They're very, you know, like very into sex um, as, a, as a stimulatory exercise and activity, right? Um, and so for me, for for a long time, I had very low sex drive. Like I just wasn't interested in sex. And I had, I you know, there was also not a, a conversation around like uh, being asexual or, you know, uh, romantic, like in that way. Um, a romantic. And so for me, I just, I just was like, I'm, there's something wrong with me. Like my sex drive is broken. I'm broken. Like I, nobody wants, like, I don't want to have sex with anybody. Maybe that actually means that nobody wants to have sex with me. Maybe I'm unattractive, you know? And so, so I, I internalized it in that way. Um, but one of the things that is really part of the ADHD experience is its connection with your sexuality. Um, especially as an adult, you know? Um, and then, you know, I would go through phases where I would be extremely hypersexual, um, especially like when my ADHD was, was really bad. Um, you know, and that lead me, and that led me to making like a lot of looking back on it, really dangerous, really impulsive, really problematic choices with what I did with my life and what I did with my body. Did um, you say the plague that should not be named? <laughs> Wait, what? 
Did you say the play that should not be named on stage? Oh, I did. I have said, I do say Macbeth frequently in the theater. <laughs> risky, risky behaviors. Um, but, you know, but, but it was true. And, and so, you know, as a person who had, and I'll just, I'll just say it, like, you know, as a person who has experienced sexual assault um, and that kind of thing, because of, you know, some of the, the risk taking actions that I did um, when I started having conversations around um, sexuality and ADHD, I realized like nobody, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's, nobody's is mentioning it and I was like I feel like as somebody who has been through it and who has really become very confident and very proud of my sexuality and and really come into my own in terms of being my own advocate and and being very sex positive I was like what if I went on TikTok and I told people about sex and ADHD and it turned out there's a lot of people who wanted to hear about it so here oh we are. Oh my god, you're a fucking superstar, <laughs> by the way. Uh, we're, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get more into the TikTok stuff in, in a bit because it's just fucking amazing. So every all the American fuckers listening, you got to get on TikTok and follow. Um, but okay, so your your sexual identities, from what I know from from watching your TikToks, mm-hmm. you are kinky. Yes, ma'am. You are bisexual. Yes, also correct. Um, what else? What other identities did I miss? Um, I'm, I'm also, um, <laughs> it's funny cause my mom is in the other room. It's fine. Um, I'm also, uh, ethically non-monogamous. Um, yay! and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's also like probably related to, you know, ADHD and that kind of thing. Um, but that is, that's a, you know, decision that we made together and, and that kind of stuff. I don't necessarily feel like that's an orientation, but I feel like that's like a, it's an important component of me and my sexuality. So I feel safe mentioning it in this context. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yay, that that makes me happy to hear. Um, because I can totally and I love it because like, I have this personal hang up with the word polyamory. And mm-hmm. I always use I'm ethically not monogamous. And you said it and I was like, Oh, my language. <laughs> so thank you. Um, so uh, when it, I, I've heard you say different things about actual orgasm and ADHD, like how does ADHD you know, we talked about how it may affect your interests and that sort of thing, but actually affect you physically when it comes to sexual response. Can it affect orgasms and how? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. Um, so, and again, it's kind of, it's for a lot of people, it's one or the other. Um, but for a lot of people, men and women, they struggle to climax. Um, and what it comes down to is that for your body and, and, um, brain to sort of come together, <laughs> come together to, uh, to, you know, to, uh, orgasm, it requires a lot of focus. It also requires like a very specific, um, you know, stimulation. And so for people with ADHD, it can be incredibly difficult to orgasm because you, you really have to focus on that sensation. Orgasm is not like a, a mechanical thing, you know, it's like your brain and body. And so because of the amount of focus, because of the amount of, time and energy and effort that you have to spend sort of getting to that moment, for many people, it can be almost impossible to come. And and that's a thing that is just it's not talked about. You know, it's it's just we don't have those conversations. Um and yeah, I mean it's also what I always say is I did a video about this, but my best example is that if I even in the best moment, even in the in the best and and best of circumstances where I'm in it, I'm ready to go. I'm I'm here to party. Like we're we're having a good time. If the ceiling fan is making noise, that is all I'm going to be able to think about. 
Like if the air conditioner is making noise, that is all I'm going to be able to think about. And it sounds terrible. It sounds so selfish. You know, it's like, oh my God, like I can't, like this wonderful person is here sharing this moment and this, and this, you know, intimate act with me. And I'm worried about the ceiling fan, but like that is how ADHD brains works. We are like a, a computer that is constantly processing everything at the same time and trying to find the memory space to make it work. And so if you're also trying to like, you know, shove an orgasm into that list of processes, it can be really, really, really difficult. Um, And then sort of on the other end of the spectrum, um, I have heard tales of uh, people who can actually sort of like hyper-focus on the orgasm sensation and have multiple orgasms. Um, Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm just going to say, because again, safe space, I thought it was a myth until about a year ago. Um, And then I I was like, turns out that's that's kind of a real thing that can happen sometimes. And I'm not complaining about it at all. Thank you. Nice. Nice. (laughs) So as you were talking about this, you uh, reminded me I've been devouring a new book, uh, new for me. Uh, Why Good Sex Matters by Nan Wise. And Mm -hmm. basically, this person was a sex therapist for years and at 50 went back to school to get their PhD in neuroscience. Oh, cool. Oh, this book is so good. Oh, my God. I'll give you the information. Oh, yeah, please. All the American fuckers listening, I will have a link to it in the show notes too because it's great. Um, But basically, they put a bunch of people having orgasms in MRI machines to see what happened to their brain. <laughs> yeah. And and when they would have orgasms, different parts, you know, as they were getting more and more aroused, different parts would light up. And then at the moment of orgasm, like their brain was like a sparkling Christmas tree, you know, mm-hmm. which is boop, yeah. boop, And they also found people that were able to bring themselves to orgasm by thought <sighs> and looked at the exactly <laughs> Must be the nice. same. I know, right? <laughs> but exactly the same. Like, you can think yourself to an orgasm, you can, you know, physically stimulate yourself, and the same thing happens in your brain, thus proving that orgasm is all fucking mental. Like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. so... and what's really interesting too is speaking of those fireworks, I'll just, I'll shove another fun fact in here for you is that a lot of people with ADHD after orgasm experience like a, like a drop, like sub drop in kink. Um, and that is a thing that not like people in the kink community, I think are really familiar with the idea of drop, but a lot of people who aren't kinky, like that's, that's not like a, a thing that is considered, but because kind of what you're talking about, the fireworks light up, right? Um, but for people with ADHD and ADHD brains, that generally means that in that moment of fireworks, you burn through the serotonin and the dopamine that that you had going in order to reach that sensation. And so for a lot of people with, uh, they experience like irritability or anger or like, you know, really, um, I don't know, negative emotions after orgasm. Um, and, And it's not something that I keep saying it's not something that's being talked about, but like, that's the whole point. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's really interesting because that also, then that affects like your next orgasm, right? Because it's like your brain starts to associate like those negative feelings with orgasm. And then it can be even more complex and more challenging to orgasm. Uh, and it, yeah, it's like, it's really, it's all so fascinating and interesting to me. Oh my gosh. Oh my, I'm, I'm geeking out. My brain is lighting up like a Christmas tree <laughs> right now. Um, so let's talk about kink. You yeah, know, I, let's, let's I know. Do it. Let's go. I know why kink is so awesome, especially if you're neurodivergent. Um, but you tell me, you know, and, and the audience, why did you take so well to kink and what things about kink benefit people with ADHD yeah. brains? Um, oh, man. Now I have to sound like I know what I'm talking about. No pressure. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing with kink is... Um, 
you know, kink can, can looks different on everybody. You know, everybody's kink, everybody's way of exploring kink, everybody's way of, of navigating through kink is different. Um, and so what I think is really cool is that with kink, you get a really individualized experience. You get to really think about your, yourself and your body and, and what, what you need in, a, in almost a very selfish way. And I feel like a lot of times people are, are, we're not encouraged to think selfishly. We're not encouraged to think about like, well, what will work for me? It's always what works for you. What, how do I make my partner happy? And kink is this, this really cool thing where I think you really get ownership over your own body. You know, uh, the kink community is so, uh, Oh gosh, the word just fell out of my head. Uh, I'm going to say supportive. That's not the word I want. Um, but the the kink community is so so supportive of consent, and so just like consent is such a, a a language in the kink community that I think you have this this wonderful, cool thing where it just becomes about how you experience sex and how you experience intimacy. And so for people with ADHD brains, she says that she sort of like meanders her way to an actual answer to the question that you asked 10 minutes ago um you it's about it's about those sensations right it's about it's about that processing and i talked earlier about you know like your brain is taking in all of these different sensations and all of these different um uh all of this different information and kink encompasses all of that kink is not just about the sexual act kink is about taking all of those different facets and either, I don't, I don't want to say like twisting them, but like, you know, turning them on their head or, or, or bringing them into the, the intimate act in order to um, make it more rewarding for all parties. Um, and I think that for a lot of ADHD people, that is why kink is, makes so much sense because you're not just fucking, you know, it's like you're, you're taking the time to explore sensations. You're taking the time to, get to know your body and your partner's body and, and get into a headspace where you do have a little bit more permission to just focus on those sensations and, and what is happening. Um, and I think it's really cool. It's so cool. It's so amazing and wonderful. And I wish there wasn't such a stigma around kink. I think everybody would be happier if they were a little bit kinkier. You can put that shit on a t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, I, I very much always say like, there are so many lessons that, you know, and I put this in finger quotes, vanilla people can learn from kink. Even if they're not actually actively practicing kink, just the way we approach some things, the way that we communicate some things uh, is just, I think, a benefit to everybody. Hey, vulva owners, do you want stronger orgasms? It's scientifically proven that a stronger pelvic floor can lead to stronger orgasms. Intensity by Pour Moi gives you that strength. Intensity is an intimate health and stimulation device. Now, you might be tempted to call it a vibrator, but it's actually so much more. What makes Intensity special is how it tightens and tones your pelvic floor muscles. Intensity automatically exercises your pelvic floor muscles for you. And not only will Intensity teach you how a properly performed Kegel exercise feels, it also has a vibrating component for your pleasure. Intensity lets you balance feeling good with working hard. The natural process of aging, high-impact exercises, and childbirth can take a toll on the health of the muscles that surround the vagina, causing them to lose tone over time. Studies have demonstrated toned pelvic floor muscles increase the power and intensity of an orgasm. 
Intensity is also manufactured in the USA to medical grade standards. While 99% of pleasure only products are manufactured cheaply and overseas, Intensity's manufacturer has medical roots and manufactures a variety of FDA cleared devices to support pelvic floor health and cure incontinence without surgery or pills. They hold themselves to a higher standard, a medical one, which means clearly superior products and results for their customers. Pour Moi is offering American Sex Podcast listeners an additional $25 off intensity when you go to pourmoi.com and enter the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. Use this code with any other code on their website, too. Yeah, that's $25 off on top of all ongoing promotions when you go to P-O-U-R-M-O-I.com and use the code SUNNY. Pourmoi.com, code SUNNY. What subject do you know everything about? Hmm, I'm going to guess our guest Katie would probably say Shakespeare, Ken, mm, Dungeons and Dragons. Me? (laughs) Certainly food. (laughs) Also 80s music though. I'm really good at 80s music. And that's exactly why I enjoy Trivia Star. Trivia Star is a free mobile quiz game that's entertaining and challenging. You can choose categories like music, sports, movies, TV, animals, celebrities, so much. There's over 60 categories to choose from, so there's always more trivia to explore. And if you choose the correct answer for multiple choices and also beat the clock, then you move on to the next level. The questions get harder and harder over time, but if you get stuck, do not worry. You can use coins and gems to get a hint and beat that level. Trivia Star has 2,000 five-star reviews in the Apple Store. Join them today and see if you're clever enough to win. Oh, and right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. Just go to the Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Again, search Trivia Star and enjoy those 2,500 coins and 500 gems. Seriously, Download Trivia Star for free today. So when we're negotiating, let's mm-hmm. say let's say I'm a neurotypical person mm-hmm. and I'm negotiating a kink scene with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just say, just you know, for shits and giggles, I'm the dominant, <laughs> you're the submissive. Well, if you insist, hey oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. So um what kinds of things should we include in our negotiation when we're like, are there things you're going to say to me like, Oh, remember to account for this or don't do that. Specific things. Oh my God. Thank you. That's such a fucking amazing question. Holy shit. Thank you for asking that. I'm so excited. I just like (laughs) sat up on my bed. I'm like, let's go. Um, (laughs) I mean, the thing to remember is that, um, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start this with a story, but I promise I'll end with an answer. Um, so one of the things that really excited me about talking about kink and ADHD is that all of the information that is out there is pretty much just sort of like somebody on Reddit started a a chat, you know, or somebody on Tumblr, like asked a question. It's all sort of that colloquial community information. And it hasn't really been studied as much as, you know, the relationship to sex with ADHD. But even in that sort of like colloquial community information gathering, you see that the, the, the problem becomes that 
all of the kink resources are written under the assumption that everyone involved is neurotypical. Every, all, everything that, like everything with kink is like, oh yeah, of course you'll be able to communicate your needs. And oh, of course you can focus on the scene and and it's just taken for granted. And so that's why I'm so passionate about kink and ADHD and, and neurodiversity as a whole, because I feel like there's a whole segment of the population that is being left out of safe and ethical kink negotiations because of the assumption that everybody out there thinks the same way. Yeah. So my I, hands are up in the air yeah, like this so, is fucking church right now. Yeah. Preach it. Preach <laughs> so it. that's why. So so that was the story. But like, th- so thanks for asking that question because I feel like this is how you get the word out. You know what I preach. Right. Um, but so anyway, um, so to answer the question, I mean, it, it comes down to knowing yourself and then a little bit your partner, right? Um, so if we're negotiating a scene for the first time. Some of the things that I might have to say is like, hey, I just want you to know that um, I have rejection sensitive dysphoria. And so I really don't want you to call me a fat bitch or a stupid slut, right? Like that's that kind of language. It really, it becomes personally hurtful. And I take it, I internalize it outside of the scene, even if it's just, you know, like degradation in, in, in the midst of the scene, right? Um, so things like that. So thinking about the different ways that my brain processes verbal information. Also instruct like with that, instructions. If you like if you want me to do something, if you want me to go over to the bed and kneel, or if you want me to kneel and go over to the bed, like whatever, right? Whatever order, I need it in steps. Don't give me 10 steps at the same time because I am going to lose track. I will get confused. I may get distracted. And then I'm going to feel like like I, I, I failed. I'm going to feel like I messed up. And so how, how can you best deliver the information that I need so that we can both kind of have a good time? So that's one thing. Uh, another thing is just talking about the air conditioner and the ceiling fan. Um, and that's something, that's a conversation that I, I legitimately have with all of my partners. And, and I say, I need you to know that I might struggle to focus. I, there might be a time where you look over at me and I'm, you know, I'm staring at the ceiling fan or I'm whatever. And I'm like, so if you see that, help me get back in the scene. Ask me to look you in the eyes, you know, ask me for a verbal confirmation that I'm doing okay. Bring me back into it because I'm trying my best. You know, it's not like I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just sit here and wait for something interesting to happen. It's I want to be invested. Um, but my brain sometimes doesn't want to, to work that way. Um, another thing is, uh, I'm just, now I'm just trying to think of stuff, <laughs> but, uh, for me, like overstimulation is a real thing. Um, and that's, and that's a really uh, common thing with people with ADHD and just all sorts of neurodiversities is that you can get to the point of being overstimulated. Um, and there have been a lot of times where I've stopped a scene, not because I was having a bad time, but because I was having such a good time, um, that I was getting to a point where I was going to push my body too far. I was uh. going to, you know, and I, and I've done that. And that is a thing that I had to learn the hard way. Let me tell you what I have permanent damage on several different parts of my body because I was having such a good time that I didn't want that stimulation to stop. And that's when it gets dangerous, especially because I'm a heavy impact bottom. And so like the type of play that I do tends to be at a, at a kind of a higher level anyway. That sounded really like douchey i'm sorry like i was like no it's like play at such a higher level both me and ken both me and ken (laughs) as both psychological and physical sadists went like oh really (laughs) yeah okay but that's but that's the thing and like that's the truth and so like i've had doms who have 
hurt me very badly. Like not, uh, not intending to, but, but the thing that I had to learn is like, like my Dom is not in my head. I like, he can't read my mind. They can't read my mind. And so that's not fair. Like that's not fair for me as the person playing with them to put that in the position uh, or put them in the position of physically putting me in danger because of my overstimulation. So I like to say right off the bat, I'm like, there, there needs to come a point where like, we're going to have to stop because I'll just keep going and I will just keep going. Um, and it's, and it's a big problem. Um, with that too, though, I also tend to go nonverbal after a certain point, which is weird because I'm like the most like verbose, like outgoing, like blah, 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 like mile a minute. But like at a certain point, I just, I don't want to talk. I just don't want to. It's just, I just, just don't fucking make me talk, please. Um, and so having a system set up and built in order to, um, keep me safe when I'm not verbal, um, that is, that's really important. Um, and that, and that's one that I think I'm not going to say a lot of people struggle with because I don't want to talk for the whole world, but that's something that I struggle with because it, it's so silly. It, to me, it feels so silly to be like, mm, yes, I go nonverbal and I just can't talk because I'm just such a good little sub, right? But it's a real thing. It's a real thing that real people experience. And for a long time, I, I was invalidating my own experience because it, it was just, it's just a weird thing that my brain does. And so, you know, for whatever reason, I internalized that. So I think very, very long-winded answer to sum up is that it's about knowing yourself. It's about knowing your own limits, obviously. Um, but it's also taking into consideration the moments where your neurodivergency may come into play and working with your partner to keep both you and your partner safe. Oh, I love it. And it, it, you know, when you were talking about going nonverbal, um, for me, having nonverbal learning disorder, which actually means I'm hyperverbal because I can't read nonverbal cues, like similar to somebody with like uh, autistic spectrum, you know, disorder. And so like, if you and I were negotiating, that would be really fucking important to know, because I need my subs to verbally emote to yeah. tell me how they're doing. So I know because like oftentimes I can't even like if it's a moan, I'm like, I can't non-verbally discern. Was that a good moan? Was that a bad moan? Was it a bad moan? But actually that's a good moan because you wanted me to make you moan bad. Like I don't yeah, know what's happening. Exactly. And and like, you know, if we were negotiating, you know, it's it wouldn't be like you can't go non-verbal. It would be like, okay, this is good to know. Let's establish some signals. You know, mm -hmm. maybe it's a hand signal or something just so I know the clear meaning so you can communicate clearly to me and I know exactly what it means, but you can do that non-verbally. And it's yeah. like, I think when people negotiate, especially if they have, you know, whether it's some kind of neurodiversity or any kind of health disorder, you know, mental disorder, whatever, it doesn't mean you can't play. Yeah, it doesn't absolutely. mean immediately it's like, oh, you're nonverbal. I can't read nonverbal. Uncompa not compatible, uncompatible, whatever. Yeah. Not, not now go together. Now my hands are up. I'm like, exactly. maybe. <laughs> it just means we need to work a little more to think outside of the box to make it work for both of us. And that can easily be done if we just get a little creative and figure it out. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, let that be a lesson to the American fuckers listening. Like this is negotiation 201. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. So 
2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. And it's not over yet. But you know what? If you're using controlling anything you can as a coping mechanism, I've got the perfect thing. Your bush. Control that thing, please. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so too. Now you have heard how much Ken and I love Manscaped products, right? Okay, so the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, it is a premium electric trimmer with a ceramic blade and skin safe technology designed to reduce nicks and tugs on your real estate down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and it comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or you know, in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. And on their website, you're going to find the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, and the Crop Reviver a testy toner that's uh, like a cologne designed for your balls. And we won't judge if we catch you sniffing yourself. Actually, we'll be pretty impressed. Flexible. Oh, and guess what? Listeners of American Sex will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. You heard me right. That's 20% off with free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. Hey, it is time to grab 2020 by the horns. A lot of this is making me wonder, do do either of you happen to know how many people are under the umbrella of neurodiversity, just sort of nationwide or worldwide? You are a fucking psychic. This is why we're married. I was just thinking this earlier. And I was going to ask, Katie, I know, like, when it comes to NVLD, they estimate 3 to 4% of the population. But, wow. But that, that doesn't count ADHD. That doesn't count autism spectrum. But, like, and I all- just think about, like, there are 2% of the U.S. are Jews. Yeah. And that's, you're talking twice as many Jews as there are NVLD people. Right, in the right. States. That's amazing. So do you know the statistic, Katie, for ADHD folks? Oh, man. I probably should, but you put me I, on the spot. And I, don't. I think <laughs> I think I read and I tried to look it up once and everything I looked up gave me a different answer. Yeah, and I, mean, I was like, well, fuck you. Yeah. Internet. I mean, that's um, that's sorry. I'm so sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Um, but that's that's the thing is like the the statistic is like five percent of American yeah. children. Okay. Um, yeah, something like that, like five to six percent. And then su- supposedly that number drops to like four percent of adults have it but the but the problem is is that we are still learning about like autism we're still learning about adhd we're still learning about neurodiversities as a whole and so like now there's a whole conversation about our adhd and autism you know the same thing but they look different in different people are they completely separate um you know and so it's that kind of thing where the statistics are really hard because so many different places um, count different factors and different populations. And so there's no, you know, there's no, like there are 12 dozen people in the United States with, you know, there's no number, um, which I, I wish, I, I absolutely wish that there was, um, I mean, yeah. I, 
I think if I were to guess, like, you know, knowing what I know about NVLD, it's three to four percent of the population, you know, and like, I think I read something similar about ADHD, it was like five or six percent or something. Yeah. And a lot of these things occur together. So if you have, you know, NVLD, you are more likely to have ADHD or autism spectrum, they can occur together. So there's, yeah. a, there's overlap. Mm-hmm. But I would say just out of my ass, my, you know, <laughs> uh, my... Uh, based in what I know, my opinion, I would say a conservative estimate would probably be like at least 10% of the population, I would think has some kind of neurodiversity. Yeah, I mean, I you know? I would say that's like a like a real fair statistic. I don't I have no credit credibility or, or, or way of backing that up. But I'm like, that sounds reasonable to me. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, um, the thing is, not a lot of people realize they are neurodiverse. Yeah. Hey, Sonny, I have a question for you. Have, how long have we been together for around a decade or so? 11 years. 11 years. Yeah. Um, have I ever told you I was diagnosed with this when I was a child? Really? I was diagnosed. I was in the uh, 70s. They, they, they called they, it they, hyperactivity disorder. Hyperactive. It gave me Ritalin and stuff when I was a little kid. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, and there's also, I mean, I don't want to be a downer, but like there's also a lot of... Um, problems with counting the statistics in terms of like uh co- underrepresented communities right um right. one of the one of the topics that i'm really passionate about is that there was a study done i think in 2014 that between like 25 and 40 percent of uh incarcerated people have undiagnosed and untreated adhd and if you look at the the statistics of people and the populations that are in prisons like you're starting you start to unpack this whole box of like there are just communities that are not being evaluated for ADHD and they're just being told they're problem makers. They're just being told that they're troublemakers and that, you know, that their behavior is unacceptable, but they're not being treated for like this very real, very, you know, valid mental illness and, and are instead just, you know, and it's, it's so shitty. It just, it makes me so angry. And, and just even the sexism and the racism of, of how ADHD was studied and evaluated. Oh, I just, I get so heated about it. I just feel like that's always like a really important thing to caveat that I sit here with immense privilege in having access to medical care and a psychologist who believes me and, you know, a, a psychologist that believes that women can have ADHD. Um, and I just felt like it was important to acknowledge that so thank you for listening absolutely no and i mean if you if you think about it logically yeah it's the middle class white kids Mm -hmm. that can get their diagnoses that can get their you know medication or their you know special provisions in school and get an iep Mm -hmm. and it is the underprivileged marginalized you know groups and those kids that are just getting told like you're a problem go to the principal's office you're suspended again we're taking you out of school we'll just try harder yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so, okay, I want to talk TikTok. Okay. Tick, talk TikTok. TikTok. Because <laughs> um, I have been making content on TikTok at, as the time of this recording, like two weeks. And I accidentally posted something about nonverbal learning disability. And the only reason was because Chris Rock got diagnosed and went public with it. And it was the first time ever nonverbal learning disability has been in the headlines at all. And I just like nearly wet my pants. So I made a TikTok about it. And oh my God, I think 
it's been up for not even a week, I think, and it's like well over half a million views and yep. like near a thousand comments. And like yep. people, I have cried. People have brought my TikToks to the freaking psychiatrist and gotten diagnosed yep. because they're psychiatrists. And I was, I'm just, it has been an emotional fucking roller coaster. So tell me about some of the oh experiences gosh. that you've had, not only just talking about adult ADHD in general, but also ADHD and, and how it relates to sexuality and identity. What are some of the like memorable, you're going to tear up and cry happy tears of joy moments you've had with your your viewers and your followers? Um, I mean, I think the real thing is that it's it's so huge. It's such a huge thing. It's it's such a huge, overwhelming feeling like I, I started I made one video. I made a things in my ADD house that just makes sense. Um, and people were like, haha, that's funny. I also have a pile of boxes. And so then I made another video about like my pile of boxes, whatever. And then people were like, oh, wow, I don't feel less alone because I, I have a pile of boxes and I struggle with that. So then I said, oh, if you struggle with a pile of boxes, you know, maybe you struggle with keeping your kitchen clean. So here's a video about how, you know, and so just, it just, I just kept talking a little bit more about my own experiences and, and, Every single time that I opened up, every single time that I was vulnerable, every single time I said, this is a thing that I struggle with. This is a thing that I deal with every day. There were 200, 300, 400, you know, 2000 people saying, this is me. Like you see me, you make me feel seen and valid and heard. And that was when I kind of realized like they're just, they're the conversations. Like I never had this. I never had this as a kid. Um, you know, I, I never had people to teach me how to spot a fake dom. You know, I never had people to, to tell me that being kinky is okay. I never had people, adult role models to tell me that being bisexual was okay. Like I didn't, nobody talked about it. Nobody even said the word bisexual to me until I would think I was probably like 17 or 18. You know what I mean? And so like, for me, I just realized like, I make a lot of jokes about how I always wanted to have a thirst track trap TikTok, but then like I accidentally just like cried a lot and then that was what got me all <laughs> my followers. You're um, a tear trap. Uh, but I'm a tear <laughs> trap. But like but that's the thing is like is is I just I just wanted to be honest. I just wanted to say like if you are a kid and you're feeling bisexual or you you're ex ex you know you're curious about kink or whatever like you are valid, you are seen, you are important, you are loved. Um because I didn't have that. And that was so important to me. And I, I've just been overwhelmed. Like I've been absolutely overwhelmed. Like every single day I get probably, I, I read every single DM that I get, um, even the mean ones. Um, and, and I get messages every day from people who are like, thank you so much. I went and got diagnosed because of you. I, I like kind of what you said. I take my, your videos to my psychiatrist and I showed them to them, you know, like, and it, and it, and it becomes this thing where I was like, oh, I'm on TikTok and I make a little video and it's just like, whatever. And then I, and then I had this moment where I realized like the things that I say are helping people. And the things that I say are like leading people to get diagnosed and, and find a community and, and be not so alone. And I get to go on cool podcasts now and talk to people that I really respect and admire. Um, that's you. I was talking about you and, oh. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and it's just, it's, 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 it's nuts. It's, it's yeah. the, it's, it's so weird. 
Um, I also get a lot of trolls now, which is cool. I guess oh. I I never gotten never gotten trolls before. But let me tell you what I don't think there's anything more like just representative of like the ADHD, like imposter syndrome, rejection sensitive dysphoria experience of like getting two thousand comments that are all like you're amazing and you're doing such a good job and you changed my life and you saved my marriage and I understand my partner better and I I got over my fear of talking to my doctor and like and then there's like one guy who's like you're fat. And that's like all you can think about for the rest yes. of the day. It's like that one guy. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just think that's so funny. Like, that's just, yeah. that's just like, I was like, of course, of course, that's how my brain treats this incredible experience is like, I read through all the comments and I find the one guy who's like, your hair is dumb. And I'm like, oh no, my hair is dumb. I should never TikTok again. I have nothing to contribute because I have stupid hair. Like it's, it's just weird. It's, it's just incredibly weird. Um, but I think I think the best I think if I have one good story, like my best favorite story is there I have a Discord server now and I, I yes. made a Discord and I have a community of people and, and it's fun and it's not like a like a therapy thing. It's just like a come hang out, have ADHD or whatever. But there there's a guy on the Discord and his name is Max the Snail Lord. And Max the Snail Lord um came into one of my lives one time and was like tell me to eat something because I, I have I haven't eaten today and I need the motivation so I was like I just I made it into a bit and I was like go eat get up and eat you dummy like you know and I just I just was teased him and then every time I got on my live Max would come in and I would be like Max did you eat today Max did you eat today? Max or did you drink water today like Max and so now on the discord Max has his own fan club and, oh. pe- and people people check in with Max every single day to make sure that Max is eating and drinking water and taking care of himself. And like that to me, like that, that the fact that I, and I don't even go on the fan club, like, you know, I just like, I just know that it exists and I check in every so often. But the fact that like, there is now a group of people who care about Max and want to make sure that Max is okay. Like that is why TikTok sh- should, should stay. That is why this community is important is because like, there are people who are genuinely finding their community and they are genuinely finding their people. And I think that is one of the most like important and profound things that that has happened to me in probably my whole life so wow there you go i'm gonna cry are you gonna cry a little like probably shout out to max the snail lord baby yes yes and like i am just amazed at how quickly your community has grown you like you started on tiktok just like on a whim like i made a video and it caught on like you didn't plan to do this no if you scroll like all the way back down like the first like 20 videos are just me like shit posting about nothing because i didn't you know i just like oh like i got tiktok i'll make a dumb video but yeah me too me too (laughs) so so like give me your accolades you you've been making content for how long you have how many followers how many different like lay it all out i don't Brag. know I, I literally Brag. have to check my tiktok i don't i don't hold on i, I, I gotta, mean i would think you're at least at, now at like probably 100 150 000, 100, uh i'm I at a hundred thousand i'm at 125 as of this okay. morning i have 2.2 million likes which supposedly that means that i'm funny but not hot that's what they that's what they say <laughs> on tiktok is that if you have if that's the your ratio you're funny but you're not hot um and I was like, well, I do rich Victorian widow as a shit post. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I, so I have a discord um, that we actually, it was so funny. We got hit. We had our first troll attack yesterday. We, we grew oh, did up. Did you get like rate rated? Is that we what got, it's called? We had a troll okay. raid, uh, which was cool and fun. And we have, I have a mod team who are amazing and incredible and they mm-hmm. handled the whole thing. And it all happened right in the middle of me doing a TikTok live. And so like, I'm like, and one of my mods comes into my lives and it's like, Hey, just so you know, the discord's on fire. I was like, awesome. 
awesome. Okay, bye everybody. <gasps> oh, no. It was so funny. It was like the most funny timing in the whole world. Um, but yeah, I have a Discord server. Um, I started a Patreon, uh, yeah. which has been re- a really interesting experience. Um, I also started a YouTube channel, um, which is YouTube uh, Katie ADHD, mm-hmm. and I'm going to actually start a, a video podcast thing with uh, Hey Gude, who is another. Uh, TikTok ADHD creator and he kind of uh, does it more from like the male perspective Um, and he's just the best and I like him so much and we've gotten to be just like really really good friends Um, and and that's another thing where it's just like you know I went on TikTok and I I made just like you know it's been six months and I've made friends who I'm like I I want you in my life for the rest of my life because you Mm -hmm. you are my people and that's been just an incredible experience so oh my goodness yeah I mean seriously from the bottom of my heart someone who doesn't even have adhd but like i share some similarities so i consume all yeah. the adhd content i can thank you thank you for making oh you know my <laughs> life a better place the fucking world a better place tiktok a better place and i can't wait to see you know how this grows i'm a part of your discord server i haven't really had much to interact but it's like it's popping it is popping <laughs> like there is it's a, like, it's somebody posts something and there's like eighty thousand different hearts and emoticons within two minutes and i'm like holy shit um, we, we're a very supportive community <laughs> yeah yeah thank you so freaking much um and for the american fuckers listening along all of the you know links that we mentioned and, and even anything we dif- didn't mention you know from the the discord to the tiktok to the the Patreon and everything else, those links will be in the show notes for this episode at americansexpodcast.com. And uh fucking thank you. This has been great. Thank you. I'm not I'm just I just want to let you know that like I've looked up to you for a really, really long time. And so like this is like one of the most like surreal and cool experiences of my oh whole my life. God. So that is just so, so you know. funny. <laughs> and, oh. and I think for my Twitch channel, I have to make a boss villain named Max the Snail Lord. Like that is oh my that's God. Gotta I think he would die. Do. He would genuinely die. <laughs> yeah, and, and to be okay, I'm gonna be totally vulnerable with you because like I I have been wanting to message you for a while to ask you to be on the podcast and i'm just like she's too cool for me oh my gosh, i'm not too cool Seriously, i'm, I'm the no. least cool it is well I'm, thank you for thinking that i'm cool yeah but. yeah you, you put up a good facade thank you. okay so, so yay i hope we talk again and you know i'm here to to like you know help you and help more people in any way i can and thank you so much thank, thank you, you so guys much. Alrighty, bye-bye bye Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.